Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your hosts, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash. Believe in 76ers is presented by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline remains your number one source for all your college basketball betting this season. Get analysis of every play, prop, and point at BetOnline. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at BetOnline. Updated odds for everything from live games, the conference championships, right through the Final Four and championship game. BetOnline is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Believe in 76ers podcast. I'm Marcus Dash here with legendary 76ers point guard Eric Snow and my brother Tasia Dash. Last time we saw you guys, last Tuesday, Eric was telling us that he was going to the Golden State game, which he ended up going to. Eric, how was the uh, the Golden State Sixers game live? It was awesome. Um, about 47 minutes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Talking a little trash and to the people around me. When Joel was score, I was yelling too small. I think it, I think it kind of upset them a little bit because they all had something to say to me after the um after the um, you know game was ending. Friendly, you know what I'm saying? Like friendly batter. That's good. But I wasn't really talking to them. I was talking <laughs> to my children. <laughs> but they kind of took offense to it like I was talking to them. Uh, I have one one of my little younger boys is was rooting for obviously Steph Curry in Golden State and the other son, um, you know the one that's like <clears throat> a Sixer fan. He was um me and him was kind of teasing the other. They let us have it in the end. I was gonna say yeah, he won out in the end, huh? That's good. That's good that Warriors fans are respectful. They don't go too far. Well, I'm not, not, I'm not, I'm not really into the games and stuff like that. I'm just, it was just the people that were around me. It, it wasn't like just people, random people. Um, yeah, plus, they saw your kid was a Sixer, or your Warriors fan. He had Warriors jersey on. So it's like, you know, yeah, they were giving, they already him, have their inner family. They were, thing. they were giving him high fives. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And me and my other son, had on the Harding jersey, so um, they weren't giving him high fives. No, 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 they weren't. Um, so. But that's cool. It's, it seems that because uh, I've heard Raiders fans watching games back in the Oakland days was tough to tough to be an opposing team in in uh, the black hole in the uh, at the old uh, Raiders um, stadium. So it's good that the Golden. Yeah, State's- I mean, I don't know if it's just in general when people get upset that you are fans or do they just get upset that you cheer in what you say? Like, yeah. You know, yeah. Cause you know, Philly isn't, you know, known to um, be so nice either. That's true. <laughs> 
I think, I mean, it's funny. I think most teams that are good and have good reputations and have a history of winning, I feel like most of those places are going to let you have it, man. They want to, they, they have the taste of winning on, on their, you know, on their mouth. And anytime you have an opposing team in your place beating you, it's not going to, it's not going to go down well. It always helps if you win in the end, obviously, if you're the home team and you yeah, won. It's, just, it's all about being respectful, you know. Yeah. Respectful banner. I, I have no issue with it. As long as people don't cross the line. I didn't have anybody. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't like that. It was just, you know, me saying they were too small for Joel the whole game. Um, then they started saying too small, and I didn't really know what was too small when they <laughs> – when they were talking to me, like, what well, what is too small? <laughs> yeah. well, are we as what? a team too small? Like I, you know, I didn't I didn't get what they how they were trying to, you know give it back to you. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, just, I didn't get that part. They probably didn't know either. Yeah. It's interesting too, you say like the whole respectful thing, because I I saw recently, you know, Kyrie got someone kicked out of a uh, an arena for saying stuff to him. Um, but back back when you were playing, I mean you could pretty much – it was no holds bar on what people could say, right? Like, people you pretty much whatever you, people said say whatever the hell they want. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was just certain words that everyone knew if you, you said – you said the N-word, everyone knew that that's going to be an issue. Yeah. Um, so if you heard that, it was like automatic issue. Um, but, I mean, we had people – behind the bench that were just relentless. I'm sure you heard about the guy that was in D.C. Um, then it was a family behind the bench in, um, with the Pacers. Relentless. Um, so, yeah. Just like shit, you, you relentless just shit talking? Oh, just just talking. I think the uh, one of the guy's wife was the worst one. <laughs> she was worse than the guy's. I mean, they just – they knew everything about you. Crazy, man. Well, it was it was different. And now, you I mean, you're a player. You can just go out there and be like, I want him and him gone. And, like, without question, security just gets rid of them. They don't – they don't. I mean, they don't care what he said at that point. The player points a guy out, gone. So, it's, it's, it's definitely come a long way since then. Yeah, I don't remember if guys – I know – AI had an issue with the Pacers one time. I don't even remember what happened. Um, Family should be off limits too. I know that. I know. Um, Coach Brown had an issue with the people behind us when we played the Pacers. I, don't, I know something happened with that. I know they said something to them. I don't think they kicked them out. Um, but I know something was said to them. Were they season ticket holders? Were they always there when you guys would play? Oh, yeah, yeah, every game. Every game. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, every game. <laughs> oh man. That's, that's terrible. I'm, not sure. I'm sure they aren't still there, but I'm not even sure if teams sell those tickets like that anymore. I mean, they were, when I say they were literally right behind the bench. So so I don't I don't even know if they still do that. You know, I haven't really paid attention to. I know they've done more courtside, but the right behind the bench, the visitor's bench. Um, but then people used to always tell me <laughs> how rough it was, the people that sat behind them in Philly. 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. So you're just like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you didn't experience it, but yeah, you know, people would always tell me that. Dude, you you play for Philly. You don't hear what they say to us. <laughs> that's true. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be two rows behind the Sixer bench in the Brooklyn game. But obviously, I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be shit talking. Be talking to you guys. Yeah, you're not gonna be. No, talking if anything, I'm just gonna be. I'm gonna be listening in and giving words of encouragement. Is what I'm gonna be doing. Okay. And yelling at Brooklyn for that one. Well, I mean, if someone's not shooting your uh, your 33, percent you, you you might give them some lip tish. Yeah. <laughs> I might. If, if Tobias <laughs> plays, I might give him an earful about letting the flies. Well, I'm gonna. Don't, I, don't I'm place gonna be, a bet. Don't place a bet on that game because then you go. Your emotions are gonna come out. Yeah, that's true. Well, also, <laughs> more emotions are going to come out after having some drinks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. PJ, get one more rebound. I need you. I, I need one more for you. For me to hit oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I definitely got to do that. That really got to be like, all right, two rebounds. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be like a counter on that game. <laughs> but um, so obviously a lot to get into since our last time on the show. Uh, so we're going to get into kind of the seating, kind of a, Kind of a follow-up to something we talked about a couple weeks back. Uh, so um, last time on the on the show, we talked about the final stretch of the season. Uh, but since then, we've had a blowout victory at Chicago, where Joel sat uh, for the entire second half with a calf injury, um, or supposed calf injury. Uh, then we lost back-to-back Suns and Warriors without Harden, um, where NB played 70 minutes in both those games combined. Um, then sat out. Uh, they both sat out last night against Denver. Um, they got dominated until the reserves came in with uh, Ferk and uh, Jaden Springer. The guys made a nice uh, late push in that game. Um, but so now uh, we're one and a half games ahead of Cleveland and are in danger of falling to the number four spot. And a couple weeks ago, we weren't in, we weren't talking about Cleveland at all doing this. We all thought it was more plausible for us to catch Boston, not Cleveland to catch us. So now, based on what Doc has said, how he's you know he's more concentrated on health over seeding. What do you guys think about that? Do you guys like this trading um, health for seeding? Or, yeah, yeah, I guess trading health for seeding, yeah. I don't know. It's a tough situation for me because some of it is I believe Doc wholeheartedly, um, and some of it is because we're getting beat that we're saying it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Guys aren't practicing, so they have days off in between games. So I have to believe if, if they aren't playing, then it's, it's probably worse than what we're being told. That's what I believe It's what seven games left. And you still have a chance to get the number two seed. Um, and, and possibly play a team that we haven't beaten this year with home court. I would think that should matter. Which tells me that, you know, like I said, I, I believe that guys are probably more injured than what's been said. Do you think if we won the back-to-back games, Golden State and Phoenix, do you think Joel would have played yesterday? Or do you think he still would have been out? I, I, I think it's an injury. I, I think is an injury that he tried to play through at Phoenix and probably shouldn't have played that game or probably should have gotten pulled that game. Um, but if, if, if we are managing guys, then 
the back-to-back is the way to manage, in my opinion. Um, and then you can play the back, take out. If you miss the back-to-back, then you you really have two days off before your next game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was a back-to-back with travel in the hotel. Like it wasn't like a back-to-back with one of the games at home. You know, mm-hmm. um, but I will say though, I'm, we'll get into his interview later. But he did say in the interview, it's the healthiest he's ever been at this point of the season. He feels amazing, and that was the interview took place. What after the? It was, it was after the Phoenix game, which is also weird that he said that. So it's like either he's felt really bad in previous seasons at this point, or. It's just weird. It's odd. Yeah, the whole thing is taken by what it said. I mean, probably felt really weird, really bad towards the end of the year. I mean, to have an injury to set out and have and have your body not feeling right are two different things. Um, yeah, because you can sit out a game and just to recover versus it, that injury isn't going anywhere. Like that's a yeah. significant injury that that needs to be dealt with in the off season. That that could be something that he's had in the past. Whereas now, he probably feel like I have an injury that's nagging, and I don't want to risk to make it worse. Um, yeah, we don't know. I mean, because it's they end up on the injury report, and and it's very we don't know to the extent a guy can sit out. Yeah, you know, which is amazing to me. A guy can sit out. One game and come back another game and play forty minutes. Yeah. So. Yeah, it could mean a little bit of both. It could mean like overall his body feels good. Maybe at this point in all seasons lately, last few years he's been like run down, like just like overall tired from head to toe. So maybe this year he doesn't feel that, but he's got a little calf thing he's dealing with. Yeah. So it could be a little bit of both. Um, now that we've pretty much taking ourselves out of the two seed, then yeah, I guess I'm okay with seating, but it's prioritizing seating over health. Um, a couple of things are weird about it. Cause you know, I know we're trying to protect our best players and be being one of them of not having an injury. Cause we've been injured in the playoffs the last couple of seasons, but it's weird because the injury he had last year, he got in the playoffs. So it wasn't like you were playing all back-to-backs down the stretch last year and you got injured doing it. You got injured with a freak face injury. Well, you remember he had that yes, he, he had that thumb injury as well going in. There's like it was like the last final two weeks where he had that that weird like thumb injury. That, that, that actually it was kept flaring up all the second half of the season last year. So he did have that going on. But that's not like a again, that's another freak thing though, really. That's not like a his knees bother him from playing too much, right? That's just it's a, it's a, that's a random. Like his thumb got like caught on something, right? Like I mean that it'd be one thing if he had like nagging foot that just keeps keeps coming back because he's just playing a lot of minutes. Like you don't get a thumb injury from playing a lot of minutes in a basketball game. You get it because a freak thing happened in a game that 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 got it hurt, right? Like it's not like it's a wear and tear of, of, of coming down a lot on his leg, you know. Yeah. yeah, I mean the the injury isn't caused by wear and tear, but the injury is a nagging injury. Yes, 
Yes, I, I agree with that. But but the main injury we had that really forced him out of Miami, it wasn't at that point, it wasn't even the thumb, it was the face and the mask, right? So that was like the biggest one. It actually kept him out of game. So, I mean, that happened in the playoffs. So, I mean, anyway, it just I just random thing I thought of. Um, I was thinking about the seating thing, though. So, I mean, in my opinion, it comes down to this point, you're playing for seating or you're playing for opponents, right? So we're either going to face the Knicks or the Nets in the first round. Um, Could be so Miami. Huh. Yeah, that's true. So Miami yeah. had the same record. That's true. That's true. I would I would think we are trying to avoid Miami, by the way. <laughs> I feel like that's one we might not want to play in the first round if we, if we can avoid it. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll have a close eye on the Miami-Brooklyn uh, race, right? Um, I guess it comes down to who you want to play in round one and round two. If you're the number three seed, you'd p- face um, Nets – and then or Nets or uh Miami and Celtics or Knicks and Bucks. Like who would you rather face out of those two? I don't let's say well, let's say Miami. Let's say Miami wins it. So Miami Celtics or Knicks Bucks. Miami Celtics. Really? Because you fear the Bucks more. That's what you're looking at, right? Yeah, I don't want to play Bucks to the final to the conference finals. Yeah. What about you, Marcus? Who would you rather face with those two? I, I I'm gonna go opposite with with, with Eric just just because we've beaten Milwaukee this year and and, and be if you look at his career against Milwaukee, he's, he's done pretty well against Milwaukee comparatively against Boston. I guess I'm just scared of Boston. That's what it comes down to for me. I'm just scared of Boston. It should come down to that because if we're really that scared of the first round opponent, then we're not real contenders, then, right? Like if, if, if we're like if we're sitting up here trying to avoid the number two seed over the number one seed, that that's more understandable than avoiding the number six seed over the five seed, right? If we're scared of yes. like Miami, then we got major issues. So. Um, but I am a little bit. They, they, you know, the, the objective is to get is to be like the Bucks and be the number one seed and only have to play Philly or Boston. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's too bad. That ship sailed because you know what I'm saying. Like that's that's the thing that they have. That's the advantage that they have. I know, I know. And if somehow we do face Cleveland, it'd be nice to have home court over them if we have to come to that, right? And you're well, it's, a tough, it's a tough situation for us because if we're three or four, we would most likely have to go through Boston and Milwaukee. Yeah. If we're three, Milwaukee doesn't have to go through both. If we're four, Boston wouldn't have to go through both. Yeah. Yep. Worst case scenario would be if we're four, though, no, in that situation, we'd still have to play. If we're four, then what would happen then? We'd still have to play probably the Knicks in the first round and then Milwaukee in the second round. So, yeah. We also have to think about, I mean, if we're having championship aspirations, you're seeding in the championship in home court there. So, at that point, we actually have a better win percentage over everyone except for Denver. So, you know. 
It's not, that's actually, we, we have a, it's funny. We have a higher chance of getting a better record than Denver and getting home, a home court in the championship than we do over getting the number two seed at this point in the East. That's, that's funny. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Shows you how good the East is this year. Yeah. The gauntlet. Yeah. Yeah. It's really rough. Um, but yeah, I mean, especially when we're injured right now, it's easy to say prioritize health over it. I just, and at this point, if we're number three or four, I mean, we're still playing, we're going to play them, you know, play both those top teams. So it doesn't really matter that much anymore at this point because we have no shot at getting the two seed anymore, which sucks. Yeah. But size point too hard in playing uh, on Wednesday. So that's what Doc said. Um, but probably not Embiid based on what he based on his comments after the game last night. So at least we'll get one back. So the Achilles thing is not that big of a. Did they say the last game that James was playing in? Then they said he wasn't. Yeah, yeah, he went through a shoot around. He did, did uh, apparently through an off the glass uh, uh, dunk to end his uh, post shoot around uh, warm up, and still didn't play. But I've seen some people talk about if you're going to sit one, sit both. How do you feel about that, Eric? Like, is there a point to playing one over the other? What do you mean? Like, if they're both battling injuries right now, is there really that big of a plus to playing hard without Embiid or vice versa, Embiid without Harden? Well, I think they play if they're healthy. If they're healthy enough to play, they play. Because no matter if, if one of them play, they give the chance the team a better chance to win. So if you can play, you play. So nothing about I don't, I don't believe in the holding out just to hold out. You don't believe in like preventative injuries then, like just like hoping if he can play, if he's able to play, I'm saying he should play. I don't say let's hold him out just because he's not playing. You, you know what I'm saying? Like if he can play, let him play. I mean, we could have won that game last night if James played. Maybe he yeah. helps our chances. Yeah. 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 And also in that uh, Embiid interview, um, he also said that he wanted some time off here at some point. He said he, need, he needed a day off or uh, at some point. So he, he did mention that also in the uh, interview. So maybe he just wanted some time off, you know, get his legs back. Every other, nice, every, nice timing for that. Every other, profession, every other profession gets sick days, huh? That's true. That's true. <laughs> 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 Loading holidays, sick days. Six days, huh? Six days when... I mean, American holidays are kind of weak, so yeah, I, I, they need they need a little extra some floating holidays out there once in a while, you know. Gotcha. Hey, most everybody else gets Christmas off, you know. My guy Embiid had to play on, on Christmas Day for crying out loud. True. <laughs> um. Yeah, but so in that article, so a lot of other things came out. So this is our, our next topic. I want to throw a couple quotes at you guys um, from Embiid's article uh, from the Athletic. Uh, just to get your thoughts on what he had to say about pressure and the MVP race. Um, so we'll begin here. Um, and this is about uh, a title or bust season. Quote, people have been talking about who has the most pressure to win. People want to mention me. I'm not I'm not at the top of that list. I'm not a two-time MVP. I've never made a first-team All-NBA. I've never won anything. So why is there pressure on me to do something when there are guys that have won a bunch of MVPs and haven't done anything either? So that's the quote about uh, title or bust season. About the MVP criteria changing each year, losing the popularity contest. You could talk about analytics all you want. When you got some guys in the league, they the eye test tells you that they're not good defensively, but analytics tell you that they're the best defenders. That's when analytics don't make sense at all. Shots fired. I really believe that I'm not well liked, and it's 
and it's cool with me, that's fine. I'll be the bad guy. I like being the a-hole anyway. I like being the underdog, so that's fine with me. So obviously a lot to unpack, um, but a lot of media members and former players have criticized MB for saying these things right before missing Monday night's uh, MVP showdown with uh, Jokic. Um, so what do you guys think? Do they criticize him for saying it or do they criticize him for saying it and not playing? Yes, criticize him for saying it and then coming out the same day as him not playing. Kind of a mixture though. Kind of a mixture. Like I know, I know, I know, uh, Chen Shar made fun of the whole like underdog, no one likes me thing. He's like, that's, that's BS, man. Like you're just saying that. Like, sure, some people don't like a lot of people, but everybody doesn't like you. You know, that, that's just not true. Perkins also was upset at him he, he, that, that this came out, uh, the, the whole thing came out right before not playing um, last night. So that was, that was kind of that. So what do you what do you guys make overall of the uh, of the of the comments talking about analytics talking about just the title bus season no pressure I mean, what, what do you think about that? Um, I mean, I think if you're a top player in the league, there should be always some form of pressure on winning. Um, well, who where you get that pressure from, or who who you allow to put that pressure on you is. It's different, but if you care and you care about winning, it's, it'll be some pressure to win because you you ultimately play the game, the team sport, to win and to win a championship. That, that's why that's the number one reason why you're competing as a team to win and win a championship. So that's pressure, um, but that's pressure on everyone. Ultimately, the better players and the coach gets the most pressure. So, yeah, I think the pressure is on Joel, but I just don't think he's alone either. I mean, it's it's Jokic and Tatum and Anthony Davis and, and one of his and, one of his teammates, James. Um, I mean, I think it's across the board. I mean, you 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 know, Giannis gets it, and Giannis already won one. Um, Phoenix. You know, Denver, like they got the, in the West, and you know, the better your team is, the more the pressure to win. And in other words, expectations are higher based on your team and how well you're doing. The Wizards don't have the expectations that the Sixers have. It's a reason why, because their record, their placement, no one seems to think that they'll do what the Sixers are doing. So why would they have those that same pressure and expectations? So winning brings some of that too. Your talent and what you're able to do on the court brings some of that because the better you are, the more expectations, the more people expect you to do because they've seen people do that. So if you're in the MVP talk and your team is one of the better teams, then they're going to expect for someone who's in MVP talk, since the team is one of the better teams, to make some things happen and win in the playoffs. You call it pressure, call it expectations, you call it whatever you want to call it. That's the same across the board with all the top teams and all the top players that are on those teams, in my opinion. Um, what was the next thing? Let me, let me, can I, let, let me, uh, let's take tackle these one by one. Then I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that one too. Um, I think he's wrong and right in that one. Like, just because you didn't win MVP, 
you're runner-up maybe three years in a row. You're the number two player in the league three straight years. Come on, dude. You don't need to win MVP to like for people to expect more out of you. Yes. You're you're a second overall, dude. <laughs> you being are second, MVP. being second MVP, um, having the best record in the league. People are expecting you yeah. to go past the second round. Yes. And he's I think in the last three years, he's been like the, the top pick or top two picks in his um talent pool in the all-star game. So like you're recognized by your peers as being one of the best. You're recognized by all voters as being one of the best. I mean, yeah, I mean, you want to point fingers and say, what about him? What about him? What about him? Yeah, sure. Okay. They, I do agree that he does get a lot more media coverage about his like shortcomings based on expectations. But I think part of that, and he didn't talk about this in the article, part of that is process-related. Philadelphia in general – patted themselves on the back for a long time about this being the formula to take you to the promised land, and it hasn't. Do we have a, a, a the top player, one of the top players in the league because of that process? Yes, we do, and I'm I'm happy for it. But it hasn't translated to a championship yet. That That is a fact, right? And it hasn't translated to even the Eastern Conference Finals. So I, I, I think some of it is he's in Philly, and he's in Philly where exactly. you have a lot of media attention. Yes. Um, you have a bigger following than, you know, some other teams. Definitely the media attention. But ultimately, with the talent, with having home court advantage in the playoffs and not getting past the second round has been really the yeah. thing that catapulted, to me, everything. And I think it would be worse if Ben Simmons didn't take a lot of the heat off. Oh, yeah. Like like if this team right now collapsed in Atlanta, you mean? Yeah, yes. it'd be real bad. It would be bad for him and James. James yes. would be getting locked right but now. Being, being situation, in my opinion, kind of pulled away some of the heat. Yeah, it buffered it, really. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, But, I again, I do agree. Joker should be getting a lot of shit for this, and he doesn't. Like the, the triple doubles just wipe everyone's memory clean. Yes, he should have been. Well, going I mean, the different the difference between it might be a three time MVP winner without a here, ring. Here's the difference. Here's the difference between Jokic and Joel, in my opinion, on how it's viewed. Not my opinion. On my opinion, how it's viewed. Joel was looked at as a dominant, great player with a really good team. Joker is looked at as a really good player, dominant player with an okay team. You think that's how it's viewed? That's how it's viewed in the past, and not this year. This year, because so they're like Heat, but I'm saying it's a big deal for him to be in first place. But Joel did that already. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? But he he did that. He's already been in first place. Mm -hmm. They did it. So last year was like, look what he's doing without. Those two guys. Now those two guys come back, and it was like, well, he got his team in first place. But you just said he couldn't do – he struggled without those two guys, and now those two guys come back, and it's still him pulling them there. But now that we're in third place, it's looked like it's a huge difference. Our records are very similar. Yeah. 
but we're in third place. <laughs> so now it looks like, man, he got his team in first place, but the records are almost the same. I know, yeah. But yeah. the expectations for the Sixers, especially when James came, is so much higher mm -hmm. and so much higher in the preseason that people kind of look at it like, mm, they don't, I mean, they, they doing good. They okay. But Denver, look what they're doing. They're in first place in the West. And the records are almost the same. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like Jokic is improving from year MVP to yes. MVP. Yes. Whereas, which is crazy because you might be a three-time MVP player and you never gone to the finals before. I mean, that that's at what point does that catch up with you? I mean, my goodness. I, I don't know. That's the point I think MB is just trying to make with that. It's like, dude, why am I getting so much shit about this? There's guys with major accolades. I haven't even gotten my regular season accolades, and you guys expect me to be uh, carrying my team like Jordan through I a mean, championship? I mean, he has. I mean, you, you, you won't vote him. You won't say he's the MVP. You haven't voted him as the MVP, but you hold him to the MVP standards. Yes. And that's the part he's right about. So, like I said, he's right and so wrong. they so the they know the talent's there. They know he's a really good player. They just like this guy a little better because he analytically puts up numbers. Mm -hmm. Even though we came back with him on the court, by the way, last night. Huh? We came back with Jokic on the floor last night. We, we outscored him hey, by look, ten. Man, in I, the I, final seven know, minutes. What's the next question? The, the analytics, like. Yeah, good timing for that. There you go. Yeah. I mean, it's – I think it's good for the game. Um, but I also know that the eyeball test matters. I, I, I tell you all the time, Steph Curry is the guy I go to when you always talk about analytics and numbers. Always. Russell Westbrook, James Harden has more assists, rebounds, and points than Steph Curry. Chris Paul has more points and assists than Steph Curry. But if you go and ask all these people that are watching, who's the best between the four, they'll all say Steph Curry. But people that didn't watch the game, the people that's born way after us and never seen anybody play, they're going to look at the record books and they're going to say, well, how do these guys got better numbers than him if he's the better player? That means you had to watch. You had to watch. You just had to see it. Then you would believe it. That's why I'm saying, like, I do like analytics, and I think it's necessary. But I do not think that you can eliminate the eyeball test. I do not think you can – analytics can measure someone's heart and desire and the work they put in. It's just – it's a good measuring stick, but it's not the ultimate finalizing measuring stick to me because it's just so many different things that you can't measure with it. You can say, well, this guy should be doing this if, you know, it's according to this number. Well, well, what if the guy's playing against Kevin Durant and the guy behind him is playing against Chris Warren? That matters. Chris Warren's a great player. He's just not Kevin Durant. You, you know what I'm saying? I'm just making up names, but I'm just saying, you know, if 
it does matter. So that's what I'm saying. Like, you can't necessarily say what a guy should be doing, and all situations aren't the same. TJ Warren, is that you meant? Yeah, TJ Warren. I mean, I'm just saying, I just said Chris Warren. I mean, because I just threw a name out there. Like, he's a guy that that's not Kevin Durant. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just, just say, just make up a name, and we know who Kevin Durant is. And all I'm saying is, it could be, I mean, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant aren't necessarily the same type of player. Um, you know, you know, I'm sure Book understands that as good as he is. He still understands the difference with KD with his size and what he's done. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying from a standpoint of who you're defending, who you play your minutes against matters. So how can you, from an analytic standpoint, throw that in there when guys aren't playing the same amount of minutes, same amount of, and aren't competing against the same guys? Like, those are just some things that I just wonder, like, how they determine that. Yeah. Um, I think even Chris Paul, when when Curry gave him that, the same 2014 anymore comment, I think Chris Paul's response was kind of like that. It was like, I'm above you in all-time ranks, dude. So he was kind of like, you can say what you want, but I'm still regarded at a higher level through all time. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's kind of feeds into what you were saying about yeah. every, a lot of guys will say Curry, but when you ask other heads, older heads, they'll say yeah. like, you know, no, Chris Paul actually is probably a better overall player than him. Um, no, I'm, I'm not even saying who's better. I'm just saying from a standpoint of, you know, analytics. And, and then people would say, you know, don't take the mid-range shot. And we see Joel taking the mid-range shot all day long, and I never hear people say that's a bad shot. Yeah. They never say it. But because he's good at it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so they just call him an exception. Yeah. They call Kevin Durant an exception. Like, you can't just say – this is how you feel, and then all of a sudden, when a guy does it differently, you call him an exception. No, that's that works. Yeah. Um. Analytics. Um. I love analytics. I love stats. I, I think it's it's great for the game, but at the same time, it's just muddied the conversation so much. And given so many different people reasons to have my guy versus your guy stuff that I think is also kind of ruining the game. Um, so I think analytics in a way are good. I think they're being used improperly. I think they're being, uh, I know a lot of, I know a lot of guys and I'm not, I'm not going to say any names. I know a lot of guys that feel like analytics was just a way to get people into basketball. that can't play. That's it point. has done. <laughs> yeah. So it's a lot of guys that I know that firmly believe that. It's a lot of people that worked in the NBA for a long time that feel like that's how people got into the game. That couldn't play, couldn't coach, couldn't do anything, can't deal with the players directly, don't know how to, don't know personalities, can't do a lot of this stuff. And this was their way to get in, to create a path. And a lot of new, new younger ownership could relate to all these numbers that they're throwing out there because a lot of them came from that world. Yep. 
And they firmly believe that was just a way to get people in the league that they can't play the game of basketball. And, and they and saw that, they saw the success of yes. baseball doing it too. They can't play at that level. Yeah. So then they come and then it depends on the ownership and the management on how well they view it or how they see it and how they receive the game on how much say they give that person based on how they receive things. Because what team has come out and said, and what team has come and be like, and has won a championship, consistently won championships with because of analytics? Now, I was listening to Maury's interview a couple months ago, and he was even talking about how it's so, the whole analytics game so exhausted that there's not much of an edge to find anymore. Like, you're not going to find a guy that, a guy in doing analytics, playing with the numbers, you might find a guy adds, a win to your total for the year and, and trying to crunch numbers. It's like that edge is it's, it's, it's not as prevalent as it used to be. It's just not because everyone has got a huge staff doing it. And if everyone's run the same numbers, how are you going to get an edge over the next person? You're not interpreting them differently. I mean, the, 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 the calculations are the calculations at this point, unless some new stat comes out in like a few months, which wouldn't surprise me at this point, but that's, what's making the MVP thing race so muddied is that there's a new stat every day there's a new stat every week and people are kind of they're getting too far away from the eye i, I think it's a nice balance of both right i don't think you can but lie statistics has always mattered this has sure. always mattered sure your points and rebound that has always mattered it says blocks it always mattered but now they throwing out some numbers in some st stats that i have no idea what, they, what they're talking about like seriously, like 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 I said, per forty eight. What does that mean? That's just another example. Like, what do you mean per forty eight? Like, just give me the minutes he played. Adjusted defensive efficiency against a guy who's only played twelve minutes in the third quarter. It's like, what? <laughs> I mean, this is why he should be an all star over the next guy. <laughs> like. Because he's got three points higher at a ridiculous. That's Marcus, that's your people, man. That's y'all, man. Y'all just <laughs> yeah, you're right. That is definitely not your people. You're right about that, man. I'm not. I'm not a numbers guy at all, other than the box them, score numbers. Throwing them numbers out there like crazy, man. I appreciate it. I, I like it, but I don't think we base accolades and 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 I don't think we replace our eyes with it. That's what I think too much is happening. Like, I mean, it's, people it's, aren't trusting their eyes as much anymore. I mean, you – they're giving Joker all the credit for what they criticize Russell Westbrook for. Yes. In some ways. Um, Joel is scoring – I mean, and guys have scored. Joel is scoring, and his rebounds aren't, aren't very high, in my opinion. But he scores the ball. Um, Giannis is doing what he's always done and getting criticized for that. He's doing the same thing he's done the last few years. Yeah. He got the best record in the league. And the fact that he's not in a conversation for MVP tells you all you need to know. Giannis has become the like the, that, the, the fact that all of these people go, the the NBA, all of these people go on television. All of these people go on television and he's not mentioned in the first two names tells you all you need to know. 
Yeah. Like it was, and I think I told you all, when ESPN did that poll, it was five people that didn't have him in the top five. And I'm supposed to trust this? <laughs> but, but how come sustained dominance has negatively impacted him but positively impacted Jokic? That, that's the weird thing. Because that's, it fits the narrative of whoever's talking. Yeah. It fits the narrative. And, and, and Giannis isn't the guy that's going to come down and shoot the three and shoot all these jump shots and do all that stuff. But he's the most dominant. He may not be the most skilled, but he's the most dominant. And maybe, like, well, I think it was Shan Charbett said this too, right? He made the comment about, like, you were a top three pick, you're not an underdog type thing. Maybe that does hurt him versus Jokic in those conversations. Jokic was a second-rounder diamond in a rough, and it's like, People still think he's exceeding, exceeding yeah, I mean, expectations. But those guys didn't; they weren't here when they were in Europe. So you just never know. There was guys in Europe and they come and they playing against older guys. You just never know, like how they were played. So we don't really know for sure. But I mean, I'm just saying when you're watching him, at least for the first couple of MVPs, it's like I can't believe he's still doing this. I can't believe he keeps doing this. He's incredible. Where it's MB, it's like oh, he's supposed to do this. He was a top three pick. He was the best player in college basketball coming out of the draft. Yeah, it's but like, they don't say that about Giannis, though. You know what I'm saying? Like he he gets the same treatment as yes, Joel, and he wasn't the top pick and and all yep. of that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. And we watched him. We watched his development. <laughs> we yeah. said we watched him develop his body, yeah, yeah game, he did. everything. Yep. Yeah, it makes the Giannis thing even more weird. Like I said a minute ago, I think he's like a going to football. He's like the Andy Reid of like basketball players. Like every year, just kills it every year, but. You never hear him in, in coach of the year conversations anymore. Yet he's yeah, got. I mean, I just. Record. I mean, I, I firmly believe it's just people are doing and saying what fits their their narrative. And I think the one thing that Kendrick Perkins did do was when he threw race into it. Then all of a sudden, Joel became um, favorite. A lot of people's votes. Yep. Let's not let's not act like that didn't matter. It's the one thing that um people know. One thing that people know is that in this profession, being assumed or called a racist is not good for you. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it is not. It's not good for you. So as one of my friends told me, when they do these polls um, for Joel, it'll change right now, but it ain't going to change their vote. Yeah, they still gonna vote for him, but these polls will change because you know the polls and the clips, like like, like yeah, oh, the I just, think, uh... they they both plan the same way. I mean, yes, Denver um, lost, but they, the records are still the same. Yeah. So I'm like, man, if y'all just basing this is like they basing it on one a couple games, like that's Marcus and them. Y'all people do that type of stuff. <laughs> what? It's on two weeks, man. Two weeks, man. We. We're the best team. He's the best player in the league. Look what he did the last two weeks. <laughs> People want to take points away from him for not playing last night. Yes. Of course. Yeah, Perkins was one of them, actually. Come on. I mean, um, it's the Jokic, game. Jokic didn't play in Milwaukee. You want to talk about that? Yeah. Now, nah, this is more fun to talk about. Uh, just saying, he didn't play in Milwaukee. 
The article didn't help that, though, because everyone saw the article being released as like a pump up to that game. And it was like followed by the article was, oh, yeah, I'm not playing, by the way. Yeah, it took away the um, anticipation and enthusiasm for the game. It built it up and shot it down. Like a minute well, it was later. already built up, but not playing just. And it's always not playing. And it and it feels like it just comes out of nowhere not playing. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't like you got injured. We like, man, I wonder if he's going to play. How's he doing? You know, then you're kind of anticipating that it was a possibility that he wouldn't play, but we all felt he was playing. Yeah. He well, like you, like you said earlier, how do you how do you sit out one game and come back and play forty minutes? Similar, he's grabbing his calf against the Bulls. He plays in back to back. He has a day in between the Nuggets game. Then all of a sudden, he can't play in the Nuggets game. It just seemed weird. But in retrospect, he probably should have sat out the. Suns game, and then played in the Nuggets game. And he went to warm-ups yesterday, too. At the pregame shoot-around or whatever, the uh, the one at noon. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say, um, just based on the whole expectations and stuff, uh, and I, I think it is more team. I think MB just kind of wears the whole Sixers brand on his shirt, obviously. And when people say, like, every year, it's like, Oh, if the Sixers don't make it to this certain round, there's gonna be a big blow up. And like you, you hear that every year with the Sixers, but you don't hear that with teams like the Nuggets. You don't hear a blow up like we know when when they don't get to the conference finals or the finals. There's no, there's no. Oh man, they need to blow it up every Box. year. I feel like it's it's it. Uh, ESPN they talk about who what team has the the, the biggest. Um, if if they, if they don't make it to a certain round, uh, what team's probably gonna have to blow it up and have a new look next year? The Sixers. The hockey, I, I yeah. touched on that earlier when I said the expectations for the Sixers and with how people are how they're viewed as a team that should be winning and Denver is not viewed that way. It's crazy. Everybody's like, wow, I can't believe they're in first place. But if you go back to a couple of years ago, they were first or second. Yeah. (laughs) They've been first or second for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people attribute that to Harden acquisition being like, okay, this is an all in move, which it was, but people were saying that before Harden. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're saying yeah, the same thing now. But when the Sixers were one of the younger teams in the league, they also had the number one seed before Harden. Yeah. So if you looked at you getting Harden now, then okay, you already did it with Harden. Mm-hmm. This should this should take you past all the things that you accomplished before. Yeah. Or didn't accomplish. Sixers have just gone through a lot of weird phases with team building. The Butler year kind of peaked it. Like, okay, this team is no more process. This team is championship hunting now, right? And then that team got like broken up and the whole Horford thing happened. And then they kind of, kind of like a, not a rebuild, but kind of like a retooling. And then Maury had to kind of cut down that, get rid of cut losses and then kind of start from scratch. And but I mean, the, the, when they broke, hold on. When they was Jimmy before we lost to the Hawks. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that, that was the year before. Jimmy was the Toronto bounce year. Yes. And then we had the best record in the league the next year. And then it was the. No, no it was, uh, it, it was that it was the Butler. And then the following year was the uh, game dominated by the Celtics in the bubble. And then the. Hulk. Yes. Yes. The Horford bubble year. Horford. So Josh the bubble was after the bubble was after Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah. Yes. And then the Hawks. Because they went, Miami yeah. went to the finals in Jimmy's first year. Got it. In the bubble. The bubble. Got and then it. the year after that, we had the best record. 
best record. Atlanta. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really, I don't really. Um, a lot of like, a lot of ups and downs. Hard. Yeah, I don't really I mean the bubble was tough, man. I just like that. That it's kind of hard to. Yeah, that, that 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 didn't count. The Lakers championship didn't count. I mean, it counts. The championship counts. I'm just it's kind of hard to. I'm just kidding. I, I firmly believe things would 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 play out differently, um, for for some series if it was home and away. I, I, I yeah. just firmly believe that. Yeah. And that was that was Brett Brown's last year, or last season with us, and then it went and then went to Doc the Atlanta year. That was yep. his first year with us. Yeah, I mean, what only with two two years? I mean. It's just for, for them to say for for these talking heads to say Sixers don't get to the conference finals, they're they're done. You might see a new head coach, you might see you know James gone, you might even see Embiid gone, Morey might be gone. It's like it's it's that like same kind of conversation and banter every year with the Sixers, regardless who the coach. Why, is. why do you think it shouldn't be like that though? I mean, it's been four years. Well, as far as what Doc being or with Doc and Morey being there, not Doc and Morey, but with Joel being you know a top player, it's been four years. Four straight years, if you count the bubble. I mean, I think what we what, haven't gotten past the conference finals. But if you look at all the other teams around us, they all have. So, I mean, would you say the the thing is to cut bait with one of the best players in the league and try? No, to no, I'm not saying you you cut bait with him. I'm just saying like the expectations that are on there, and for people saying that it could be some changes made is an accurate statement. If you don't get past the conference finals, if, if it's you know, the conference semifinals, mm-hmm. if they don't get past the conference semifinals, I'm probably going to expect changes. Not that I would do it. I'm just saying I would probably expect it and would maybe surprised if there aren't changes mm-hmm. because it's still, no matter how you look at it, no matter which coach was there, which GM was there, it's still four straight seasons where you didn't go past the conference semifinals. Yeah. Yeah. No matter how you shake it. Yeah. And the one common was Joel was there. Yep. Joel and first. Huh? Joel and first. Was Tobias not there too? Tobias too. Yeah. Tobias. Well, the big, the big three. I think we all know who's going to be the first one to go out of that group. Yeah. Well, based on what you say, it's only because of salary. It's a big reason, but yeah. He's been the most consistent as far as playing every game. When when all those guys are out, he's always the one playing. And, you know, I I will miss that if we do end up trading him. He is the most, yeah, he's most consistent. Yeah. And if no one's there and everyone's there, he still gets his 14. Yeah. All right, uh, we're going to shift the direction in, in a different uh, conversation here. So this is more about officiating, which has been kind of uh, something that we kind of a theme over the last two weeks. Well, the theme, you can make it a case for every game of the season. But um, according to the NBA officiating, the last two-minute report, there was a crucial foul against the Bulls uh, on Harden that was missed in overtime last week in the loss. Uh, and then last night, uh, they missed that uh, Jeff Green, uh, when he caught the ball out of bounds, which would have given the Sixers ball back with 13 seconds left and we could have probably p- potentially uh, tied the game. Um, around the NBA... Which you been, can't review, by the way. Yeah, and, and I think Doc, Doc thought that if, if you see... Uh, they, they showed him outside, he was talking about out of bounds, you can see read his lip sync. What happened reviews? Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Um, 
But yeah, around the NBA, there's been a story about how uh, refs are officiating games. And uh, recently, Trey Young said some interesting comments to quote, refs should be held uh, more accountable, uh, fine suspensions, just like us. They shouldn't get, we missed it, passes. Um, so I'm looking forward to you guys. Do you agree with Trey Young? Uh, should there be more accountability for refs when they miss calls, making correct calls or bad calls? Speak mm. from the heart, Eric. <laughs> I mean, players miss shots, so they be accounting for missing shots. Good point. So I get what Trey is saying. Um, I do do understand that it's some accountability that should be taken. I was always under the impression and I was told when I sat in referee that that it was consequences for them. Um, and, and I was told that the league didn't publicize it because they felt that it would be a constant for that particular referee in every place that they went to. Um, but I was told that it was a system as far as people were penalized. Like they have to fill out paperwork, look at video, and, and they're criticized and, and judged and critiqued um, far more than the players are. And some of them are demoted. Some of them and I don't think the players really notice that. You know, you may have a guy that's a crew chief, and all of a sudden he's not a crew chief. Um, or he maybe he get he was getting playoff games, and all of a sudden he doesn't get playoff games, or he gets fewer games. Um, there, there, there is a system in there, but the NBA has always been big on not letting that get out about referees. And, and I understand that. I mean, it would, you know, you have a guy that does something. And now he's doing it, and everybody already know who he is. So how many times do you see that carrier guy? He makes a, you know, he's they're human just like everybody else. And he does something. Oh, I told you this guy, this and that. You know, it's like it's, it's like the guy that um, Bamley uh, called out. No, that um, they're saying every time Chris Paul has him, he, Chris loses. Um. Oh, uh, Foster. Yeah, Scott. Um, and, and Scott is a good referee and he's a very arrogant guy um, on the court but good referee I thought he was fair um, and I thought he was good I just didn't think he was easy to talk to um, from that standpoint because it was he gave off the vibe of if I called it I'm right that, that was sort of the vibe he gave off do you think refs hold grudges against players? I think everyone can hold a grudge on the situation. So I don't think referees are any different. If someone does something to you that you don't like or say something to you, you can hold a grudge. You probably have somebody that did something to you, you'd be like, man, I'm not messing with them anymore. <laughs> like They aren't supposed to, but... They, they probably wouldn't let me be a juror yeah, on their I mean, face. They, they aren't supposed to, but... I don't think that – I think that they're watched enough that if it's deemed excessive and maybe retaliating towards a guy. Hence the Van Fleet, the, mo the guy who got, you know – Yeah, I mean, and, and that guy got – it was an issue because yeah. I think they, they probably found that it was violent. 
Yep. So I think that's the case. If a guy can prove like, man, look, prove with evidence, man, look what this guy has done against me, then it's some accountability. But just to say it and not really having the proof, um, you know, you know, we when we played, I know Coach Brown and AI had a real big issue with um, Derek Stafford. Real huge effort, issue. Every time we played, it was just like, as soon as, they, as soon as the referees walk out, because back then you didn't really know who the referees were. Now you know who the referees are, but way before. Like, we didn't really know who the referees were until they walked out. Or if you happened to see them walking, if you happened to see them walking into the building, like, you didn't know. So every time he would come, like, oh, there we go again. Like, you, you, you would get that feeling, like, when certain referees would come. Um, and it was really... Either AI had an issue with one of them or Coach Brown had an issue with one of them. Nobody else on the team really did. Like from that standpoint. Um I didn't like like I said, like like I didn't have an issue with, you know, like just I'd say Scott since we talked about him. I just knew that you really couldn't say anything to him. Like, whereas I could talk to Steve Javi, but Allen couldn't talk to Steve Javi at all. Um, Joey Crawford I could talk to Joey could talk to Allen sometimes but you just you just had to know them but yeah Steve and Allen there was no talking whatsoever now that felt more personal than any any referee player ah. um, relationship I've ever seen in my life <laughs> not today Allen like from, from the tip he was already over it. Oh yeah, yeah, Steve. Yeah, but Alan knew that he, he had a quick list. Like he would give him a couple of talks, and you know, once he got a tech or this and that, then he'll, he'll leave him alone. But <laughs> but yeah, to I answer your question, I do I do from coaching in the G League. A lot of these referees that are in this league were getting heavily criticized in the G League. Wow. So I do feel the NBA might have a talent issue with referees. So so some of the names that, that, that are officiating the games were, were that these guys are uh, refereeing in the G League and, and you remember that some some of these guys? I know there were guys in the G League that my head coaches were like criticizing and writing reports about that are like main guys in the NBA right now. Wow. So I, I, because it's not an easy job. It really isn't. Um, and I, I really think the NBA may have a talent issue with referees because I know some guys that, that are very capable college reps that, Told me they'll never go to the NBA. Well, I know guys that left the NBA that are only do college that now I'm never going back. Wow. Why? The expectations, the amount of games and things you got, like so they have to do a lot, man. It's not an easy job. The grind too, man. It's not an easy job. Man, it's like a, it's a thank, it's a thankless job, too. 
it's not, I mean, you, you looked at as the bad guy, no matter what call they make. Yeah. <laughs> half, half the, yeah. the fan base, half the fans hate you, no matter what. Yes. No matter what call you make. No matter what. <laughs> and one bad call can erase yeah. 47 minutes of good calls. So that's what I, I really do think it's a, it's a, it's a talent gap. Yeah. Um, I do know that they have some some people that never played the game. It's huge. So it's hard to develop a field. It takes a lot of games for you to kind of get that feel. And then you get in that feel at the you know, the fastest game there is as far as basketball. At the the pace. Different emotional intelligence levels too. I feel. I feel some guys look. They look angry, and you're like, dude, you you can't you can't be that rigid. And, and I mean, it's a fine line between. Is it? I'll say it like this: There's rule book calls that you got to call. They're strict by the rule book, but um, if a guy is grabbing the guy's jersey and tucking, you know, pulling it a little bit. Do you call it or do you talk? And, and it doesn't affect the play. Do you call it or do you talk him out of it? That's where a lot of the older referees were good at. Snow, let, let it go. Let it go. I'm watching. Let it go. If you let it go, I'm going to get you next time. Like or do you just call it? A boxing ref. Or do you just call it? So that, that's what I'm saying with the, with the where I think the gap as far as the refereeing that I had. So a lot of the crew chiefs now were came into the NBA like when I came in or after me, after me, and some of they're like the main guys now. Like Tony Brothers is a is a crew chief, and Tony came into the NBA like around the time that I, like after me. Um, but it, but you didn't see, but I seen him like grow to that position, but I haven't really experienced that same growth with other people behind Tony, so I don't know, and that's where I think, yeah. Um, it's like. I see how long it took for Tony Brothers to be a crew chief. I see guys now, it did not take that long. Standards possibly lowered. And I think it's a talent gap. Yeah. I don't think you have as many people running in there, and I don't think you have as many people doing it as long. Yeah. Cause you, it's some people that that I know some people that I've seen ref some games last year, and I haven't seen them ref anymore this year. That's interesting. So I know some people because there were some people that were that were doing G League and NBA games. They were doing both. Wow. Uh, they their part of their schedule was G League, part of their schedule was NBA, and then within a couple of years, like all those guys. Were, that we're doing, they're like in the league. 
Yeah. Like it was a shortage almost. It's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, I see, you know, it's and it's, it's a fine line because I've seen a referee crew where one of them was doing NBA and G League and one of them was doing my son's college games and my other son's rec games in the G League. Wow. <laughs> so he was doing, one of them was doing my son's rec games. Another one was doing my college, college son's game. And and one guy was doing NBA, one guy was doing, but they were both doing on the same G League crew. Wow. Crazy. So you can't tell me. <laughs> if you have a guy that's doing rec, um, travel basketball, <laughs> and the guy that's doing NBA on the same crew in the G League. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, referee refs is such a mystery. Like what? What? I mean, you're right, they, and and they do try to keep it under wraps for good reason because it'll also become a witch hunt too. Once you start like publicizing their shortcomings and who's bad at what, everyone's going to be looking for it. They're going to be hunting down the next yes. guy who's bad at it now. You know, like you don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, accountability is good, but how far? Because yeah, you're right. Guys don't get fined for missing shots. I mean, yeah, you get benched, as we saw with you know Matisse. So I mean that, that that happened. Like so, there is there is penalty for missing shots. You don't get fined and lose money from it, but you do lose playing time. So yeah, I mean to a certain degree, I guess there is some kind of penalty for playing poorly in the game. Um, you don't have the NBA coming down on them. It's the team that comes down. And the NBA doesn't be like, all right, all right, Trey, that's a bad turnover with a minute left, man. I'm sorry, you have to get fined ten thousand dollars for that. So. <laughs> Um, you know, at least that's not happening, but it's, I, I get a problem with a big emotional problem too. Like it's been happening for a long time. Remember the whole Tim Duncan thing where he's staring at the ref and the ref called a T on him from the sidelines. He was just sitting on the, he was sitting on the bench staring at him. That was Crawford, right? Yeah. Yeah. See like something like that. That's Remember something that? Joy would do. There's what happened in baseball. I was telling Mark. Yeah, but that's, but that's something Joy would do. Staring at Joy you. got criticized. Oh yeah. Joy got criticized for that because. And I think he had to apologize stuff because he made it personal. That was personal. Exactly. Yes. Yes. You can't let emotions affect your your your, your game plan. Your game. Your calling. Because if he if he was that emotional in that game to do that, what else was he calling poorly against that team? That's just where he showed it, right? How many calls that he didn't? It wasn't obvious that he didn't like Tim Duncan and the Spurs that game. Like he ripped an entire game with that attitude. It didn't just spring up at that moment. Like he had it the entire game, all those times where your guy hated Iverson. I mean, yeah, he might have it might have exploded at a T, but he didn't like him that entire game. How does that affect when your best player, when your ref hates your best player or doesn't like him, and they don't get along? How is he refing those games against him? Like, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's their job to manage it, but you know, I was telling Marcus we, we were, I was watching a baseball game. It was a Phillies. Um, the catcher was holding back his glove for the ump to give. I don't know if you saw this, Eric. Uh, the, the umpire hands the, the catcher a ball and he throws it to the pitcher afterwards. So the umpire, the uh, catcher had his glove back like this, waiting for the ball. I guess the umpire was taking so, too long. So he put his glove down. And while he was putting his glove down, the umpire drops the ball. But the umpire, I guess, thought the catcher was trying to like make him look stupid or embarrass him. He throws him out for moving his glove. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, man, you can't. Re I mean, like. 
This isn't a traffic stop yelling at someone for a red light, dude. You're Personal. you're you're umping a game. You can't do that stuff. So I mean, it's happening. It's all sports. People just need to manage their feelings better. Uh, all right. Um. So we're, uh, we're getting last topic here. Uh, we got rematch against the uh, Dallas Mavericks from a couple weeks back when they just couldn't miss from three. Um, this time it's at home uh, Wednesday night on ESPN. Um, so Mavericks, uh, I, I recently uh, there's a lot of struggles out there. Lucas saying he doesn't have fun playing basketball anymore. They've lost four of the last five. Um, we don't know if we'll have Harden or Embiid. Doc said there might be Harden tomorrow night. Uh, Embiid didn't know about. But we'll have uh, we'll pick this game uh, with Embiid and Harden and without them. Uh, we'll give you both options here. Uh, but uh, as of right now, Sixers are a five and a half point favorite in this one tomorrow night. So who do you guys have in this one? We'll say Harden plays, but without Embiid. Who do you guys have in that? It's a big game for us, but the Mavericks really, really need the game. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're fighting for their life. They're out of the play-in right now. Yeah, yeah. Yes, they are. They're fighting for their life right now. Um, I say if Joel doesn't play, we don't win. Oof. Oof. I'm just I can't say I can't say we win every game. <laughs> what about if Joel plays? We'll win. We'll come. We'll win. And okay. Come. okay. Um Beat us pretty bad last time. That's kind of way on them, right? I'm gonna say both play, we win. I'm struggling about the no Joel thing. Well, I mean, did they Hard. did they say James is playing? Uh, the, the way Doc said on his they'll play later on in the week, but I don't know what that means. I mean, Friday or Wednesday. I thought he. I think he specifically talked about Wednesday night. Oh, did he? I, I thought I, he said later on in the week he'll play. But on Monday, everything's later on in the week. So thanks, Doc. Um, yeah, I'll say, I mean, he was certain that he would be playing uh, when they hit back to Philly on Wednesday. Oh, okay. So so James, no, Embiid. I'm going to say we – oh, man. I'm going to say we lose – and obviously, if Harden and Embiid are ruled out for the game, that spread will change. So five and a half is a lot of points to give, even with with one without the other. So um, wait, what? What? You, there's a spread right now. Five and a half, right? Right now, we're favored by five and a half. We're favored by five and a half. Oof, I like that. Well, I mean, based on spread, but they uh, also not saying that Joel was out. Yeah, they, no, they have, but they say one or the other. I think. We'll see how the line changes. I, I mean, that line intrigues me a lot. If Joel doesn't play and that line stays around that, then I take us. Mm-hmm. Because six, I mean, we're both struggling right now, us and them. And without our best player and with a gimpy Harden, six, five and a half, six is a good amount against another team that killed us last time. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a, that was straight up. I'll spread out. I, I would take us on the spread. Take them on the money line. You get some good juice that way. Yeah. I'm going to go uh, us covering either way with, 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 with or without uh, uh, Harden and Embiid. I, I like think that. the, I think the three game skid and I think the way the guys fought at the end of last night's game, I think that'll, uh, if we are without 
uh, Embiid, and we just have James. I think um, our guys will fight for this one. Yeah. We did that against Dallas too, by the way. Remember, we came back at the end with yeah with, with the uh, reserves. Yeah, I guess give Ferk some more minutes. I know there, there's a uh, we have a fan on uh, on our Twitter account who keeps uh, telling us that uh, Ferk needs to get more playing time over PJ Tucker, which I don't understand how that makes any sense. But um, yeah, eh, you know. I don't know, man. Ferk took it to Jokic yesterday. Maybe Ferk can be the candidate. <laughs> he did. <laughs> nice move. It was a nice move. He hey, came yeah. ready, man. Reserves yeah, got to stay ready. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, I apologize earlier. Chris Paul did not make that comment. That was a troll account that, that said that. Oh, really? Yeah, the comment about I'm still an all-time better player. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, because I, I saw that online, too. I thought that was kind of like a... Oh, no, no, yeah. Well, when I actually looked at it, it was a, it was one of those NBA centrals with the central misspelled. Oh, gotcha. So, um, Got to be careful with those. Yeah, man. Yeah, I know. Brutal. Or those to Musk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only thing he did say was, because, you know, Curry's comment was, uh, saying 2014. Um, he said, I don't remember what happened. In yeah, Paul was like, no, what happened in 2014? Tell me. Well, what, seriously, though, like, what happened? Like, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know anymore. Which That's I like a, that response, too, actually. It's a good rebuttal. <laughs> yeah. uh, but all right, fellas, that does it for us. We'll see you guys Friday as we preview a really huge weekend. We got Friday against Toronto. We got Sunday against Milwaukee. And then... Tuesday, we got Boston, but we'll get into that on Tuesday. Yeah. Some big games coming up. All, again, all playoff. Yeah. Final stretch. All right, fellas. Well, we'll see all you right. guys Friday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.